listening to a Kink in the Chain podcast. Welcome to the Kink in the Chain podcast. I'm your host, Rope Squirrel. Unfortunately, Ritzy and Alpine Links just couldn't be here today. And that's okay, because, you know, I can do this. It's me, Rope Squirrel, your favorite. <laughs> no, I know you all love Ritz- Ritzy. Well, today, I have a very special treat for you. Today, I've got Ilva. Ilva is currently from Pennsylvania to talk to us about kink in general. It's going to be a great show today. How are you doing today, Ilva? I'm doing all right, having a good day. Awesome. So Ilva has spent five years in the scene, mostly as a submissive, and has recently become to see themselves as a top. Yeah, that's correct. They've been doing a lot of good work around the topic of transferring their experience to the other side of the slash. And they've participated in numerous demos and classes, particularly involving edge play and taboos. Training to get a biology degree, which focuses on neuroscience and anatomy, basic psychology training, familiarity with meditative exercises and trance states, sharps, and various forms of behavioral control. Wow, that's quite the, quite the resume there. <laughs> Thank you. So, roughly, you've been in the scene for five years. What have you been doing with yourself during that time in the scene? I've spent a lot of time, like you mentioned, I spent a lot of time as a bottom and as a submissive. And I did a lot of demonstrations and outreach events is really what I have spent a lot of time on. Other than that, I've done a lot of uh, masochism play and really kind of explored that space a lot and what is causing you to desire to switch to the other side of the slash what inspired you really it was realizing that i never really identified myself very much as a submissive it was more i wasn't ready to take the step of being a top and so once i finally realized that i was able to more accurately express my interests, I guess, is what I would say. Awesome. I know that, you know, topical anyway, we are, we're in the middle of COVID. So, you know, everything's shut down, or at least it was in our area. I don't know about your area. It's shut down pretty hard here too. Yeah. So have you managed to get a lot of experience in doing any topping stuff since COVID started? Well, a lot of what I do and what I'm interested in is more psychological or mental play and so that's a little easier to do without physical contact okay so i've gotten some decent experience doing things like conditioning or hypnosis or that sort of area of kink so you're messing with people's minds now huh yeah it's very enjoyable Are you going to turn me into a squirrel during this conversation? No, I don't think I'm quite that advanced. <laughs> Hypnotize me while we're recording? 
I think that would interfere with the recording quality, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting some weird, uh, weird low tones. Maybe you're trying to do it now. Who knows? <laughs> well, that's part of the game is keeping people on their toes. Mm. Indeed. So you say you're into edge play and taboo play. What what are your favorite edge plays and what, what are the taboos you're playing with? Um, I think both of them are, they're terms that d aren't very clearly defined. I would define edge play as anything where there's a, a significant degree of inherent risk, even if everyone does everything correctly. And so that would involve things like cutting where even if I don't make a mistake, if I slip on the floor at the wrong time, or if something just goes wrong, or if they move in a way that I'm not expecting, something could go really wrong. And so that's really how I would define edge play. And then the taboos are things like loss of agency is a big one, because that's a really big area that people tend not to be comfortable going. That transitions nicely into understanding where consent starts and, and where it ends. Uh, I imagine that edge play sometimes can can somewhat devolve into a, a very gray line of consent. Would that be true? I would say so for some types of edge play. Like some types of edge play, it's perfectly normal to get a normal consent for. Like I mentioned cutting, that's a physical type of play that you can just get consent for the same as you would any other type of play. But when you get into more of the long-term mental mind games, that's where consent starts to be a little bit tricky. Hmm. Because you can convince someone that your desires are more important than theirs to the point that they may not even really be, want to be aware of where those desires are different. And in my opinion, that's where consent really does start to be more of a difficult area to navigate. Understandable. So another question that I had for you was, I, I know a lot of people who have gone, well, actually, that's not entirely true. I've done it myself. But I wanted to ask about your experience migrating from what was in essence a sub to a switch. Um, Personally, that's what I did. I was originally started as a sub and then moved to a switch, but I'd be very curious of your experience in, in that realm. Well, my experience has actually been very smooth once I started that transition. I ended up feeling a lot more comfortable and a lot more secure in my relationships once I did shift to more of a dominant or left side of the slash kind of role and i don't feel nearly as insecure and as stressed which is a large part of why i think that that's really where i land and why did you pick switch instead of something like top or or dom Largely because I am still a masochist and that's associated with more of like the bottom role even though i'm not interested right now in being on the bottom of the power exchange dynamic i still enjoy the that side in pain play 
as a as someone told me at a munch a long time ago, ah, you're just greedy. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. They, uh, at least when I first uh, switched over, they uh, they told me I was I was being greedy and that I just hadn't found the right top or bottom yet. I needed to pick a side. <laughs> but I don't really agree with that sentiment. I yeah. So I. In honesty, it was just, I, I think it was more of a thing at the time. And these were like the 2005s that, that people were telling me I was being greedy. Nowadays, mm. I don't think switch is such a dirty word anymore and seems to be far more accepted than it used to be. Yeah, I still have heard on occasion some people really not understanding that it's possible to have that kind of distinct interests so ilva what's the first thing you're going to do when everything unlocks as far as kink goes i'm really looking forward to being able to top for some of the more physically intensive types of play that require like physical contact since i haven't had the chance to do that since i started to lean more of that in a top direction have you already mapped out where the cl- your local club or dungeon space is, and you're you've driven it a few times as a test run? I know where it is. Yeah. <laughs> I I always I always do blind runs when I get to town, so I know where everything is, and I can get to get to those yeah, places. So, for sure. I'm sure you're looking forward to that, though. I am. I I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Our actual, our local club here in my area has actually opened up again. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll actually be there. What's today? I'll be, I'll be at my local club on Saturday night. So. That's great. <laughs> Although it's a little weird with all the masks and everything, but you know, Hey, it works. Yeah. <laughs> Although somebody pointed out though, now you can wear a ball gag in public because you can put the ball gag on and then put the mask over it. Nobody will know. <laughs> That's not inaccurate. Yeah. It's just kind of a covert public play, and nobody will have any idea. You're just like, no, they're they're a mute or something like that. Why are they drooling? Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know that anyone would even notice. <laughs> you can get away with some really remarkable things if you just have the right attitude to carry it out. You can, yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here. Can you stay a little bit and talk to us about the news and answer some viewer questions? Absolutely. Awesome. So this week for our news article, we have an interesting one. It um, comes out of Quebec. Uh, so Canada are, well, not necessarily everybody's neighbors to the north, but at least in my case, our neighbors to the north. It was about a rule during their lockdown where you were allowed to walk your dog within one kilometer of your house, even though you weren't allowed out of your house. This is during the strictest part of their lockdown. So a top decided to bring their pet i.e a human pet <laughs> and take them on a walk around the block and they of course got cited and fined for it i think this story is pretty cut and dry uh but i think it's just interesting but what are your opinions on that silva i think it's interesting but i also think that it's it doesn't speak terribly well of that person because they were clearly aware of what the intention and the reasoning behind that rule was, and they decided to break it for no reason other than like shock value. So I don't think that that really speaks terribly well of them. 
Yeah, I've seen similar things with this where people take their pets to the their human pets to the mall and things of that nature, even before COVID. And it's just the the shock value. That was really the only thing. I understand doing it just like in, in normal times because it's it, it can be an expression of identity or just a way to express yourself. And I don't always see something wrong with that. But when there are rules in place for a good reason, it doesn't really make sense to assume that you can just ignore them. I mean, I admit that, I, or at least I would assume, I guess, I'm assuming here that these two people are part of the same household. It would just kind of make right. s- sense. So they're, they're allowed to go outside, but I do get the, uh, I get, get the idea that it's, it's breaking the spirit of the rule uh, right. rather that uh, <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Uh, I also think it's funny at the very end of this article, I, I like this this last line they've got. While we're at it, consider this is a reminder that latex gas masks are not considered acceptable face coverings when entering stores that are still open during the day. <laughs> so it's, like, <laughs> it's like, oh. It, it's, uh, and, and also, I think it's funny that they, they didn't want, that the city of Quebec or the province of Quebec did not want to kink shame. So they clarified that. Um, that you have that it only applies to non-human pets <laughs> so it's it's like <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah it's a cutesy story and i and i get and i get why they got it quote unquote in trouble for it but uh in, in the end i think it's yeah it's pretty cut and dry it was like the idea was to keep everybody home not to walk your your humans around the block <laughs> yeah they they can use the toilet <laughs> <laughs> Or get one of those indoor pee pads, I guess, if you really need to. But yeah. So, uh, well, my listeners, um, I will put a link to this article in the podcast post. Take a look at it. I think it's just a cute, a cutesy little story, and and uh, yeah. And what are, what are your opinions on it? We've got you know, drop some in those comments. I'd love to see what other people think about it. All right. So now we move on to your question. And I've got some good ones this week, including some that uh, I think Ilva will be able to really, really shine on. So, <laughs> so our first question comes to us from Kyrie in Delaware. And pardon me, I, I, I'm assuming gender here. It sounds like a female name. So if I am incorrect, please, you know, forgive me. It sounds like a female name. Kyrie in Denver says, I am currently in a DS relationship with someone. This person is my slave. Lately, I've wanted to sub to someone else. However, I am worried this might be an issue for my slave. He wouldn't want to see me being submissive. How can I talk to him about this? I don't want to end the relationship with him. And this, uh, this is a switch, definitely a switch problem for sure. Absolutely, it is. And I think that really that what this speaks to is the topic of role separation, which is an idea from sociology. And basically it says that everyone has multiple roles that sometimes come into conflict or that want different things. And being able to distinguish those roles and say that you do have different things that have different needs is really important in this case. For sure. I think the most important thing here in general is boundaries as well. Yeah. Boundaries um, is definitely an important part of this. 
defining with your submissive in this case, like, I mean, even just setting a simple rule of, I'm going to be submissive at this event, so either please don't come or stay in this other room or whatever it might be. Just, you know, if, yeah. if this is going to bother you, then, you know, please don't just don't come because we're not doing anything that particular night or or whatever. Or if they live with you, you know, maybe you go somewhere else for that. But the most important thing, I think, is to sit down and have that conversation with them. I mean, if If they, like, severely disapprove of it, that's a completely different story. Um, yeah, I think communication is definitely what this situation needs because it's not necessarily the case that the slave in this situation is going to have a problem with that. Yeah, and I, even if they don't want to see it, they might. You might still easily be able to negotiate boundaries around it. Yeah, or for all you know, he, they may be perfectly fine with it and be like, yeah, no, let's have some fun with it. Or maybe they've always dreamed of somebody ordering you to do something to them. You never know. If you don't have that conversation, you're just making the assumption that they may not want to see it, um, but they may. Or they may just ask that you do it somewhere else where they're not around. Could be perfectly fine. The the issue then comes in if if they absolutely do not want you to be a submissive to somebody else, that's a completely different conversation. That's uh well, this is something I want and you, you can't tell me necessarily no. And so then you'll have to weigh if you want to keep the relationship, which you already said you do, or if you want to end the relationship. So it completely that's another conversation. But let's hope that's not the case. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, Kyrie, I really hope that answers your question. Um, it's definitely it's definitely a concern that a lot of people have when they when they change roles in general. Uh, if you always were a switch, that's that's one thing, and and that is something that I dealt with with one of my partners in general. Because, but the point was is that when I met them, I was a switch, and then when I was topping them, and I wanted to top or sub to someone else, they were a little uncomfortable. Like, but hey, I was a switch when you met me. Oh, yeah, that's right. So they they didn't really have a leg to stand on in that case. But hopefully that answers your question and it and let us know. We we'd love to know what happened to that. Our next question comes to us from Jeff in Montana. And he writes, I am relatively new to BDSM in general. As I am just starting off, what kinks should I focus on? Are there any that will make me more popular? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a lot more of a tricky question than it seems at first. It is. Obviously, there's a plethora of kinks that you can get into. Um, edge play, for example, is going. any edge play thing is definitely going to draw a crowd at a club, for sure. Absolutely, yeah. And it also depends on where you are, is what I have found, because some of the kinks that were very common where I used to live are not as common out in Pennsylvania and vice versa. So it depends on what community you're in. Definitely. In some areas, um, I found that electrical play is like moths to the flame. They they absolutely love it. They line up. They want it. Other places, the rope people are kind of the superstars, the 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 jocks on campus, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, you really should. The there's there's two pieces of advice I'll give you. The first is look at your local community again when everything reopens after COVID, and 
see what draws the crowd. That, I mean, that's the easiest one to look at. The second one is a little harder, is look at your local community and see what isn't being represented. Is it electrical play? Is it knife play, needle play, rope, whatever it might be? And that's going to be, if you are the person for that, you're going to be very popular for that. Yeah, that's definitely what I have found with some of the edge play topics is that because there aren't very many people who do them, if you do, anyone who wants them will be very interested in you. One thing I'll also mention is that focusing on the kinks that make you popular isn't necessarily the best way to actually enjoy being in the scene because if you're doing something that doesn't hold your interest it doesn't necessarily matter how many other people think it's really cool yeah if you're if you're kink if you're picking a strange one let's just say covering people with snails <laughs> you know you may not get a lot of people lined up to be covered with snails yeah so and and it isn't always about being popular You'll also be popular, as I said, by getting really good at something. If you're an excellent rope person, and if that's popular in your area, you know, then you're going to be even more popular. So find the things that speak to you the most, the things that you dream about, the things that you have always done, and get really, really good at those. And that will usually generate a lot of popularity, unless, again, it's something ridiculously obscure. Yeah, agreed. I think that that's definitely the right approach to take in this case. Our final question comes to us from Kelsey in Texas. I just made the move from California to Texas. In California, I felt I was a part of the community. In Texas, not so much. I attend virtual munches, but it seems that people are set in their groups. How can I break into the community? That's definitely a situation that I've had some difficulty with in the past. What I have found is that it helps to understand the community you're trying to get into. And so just watching and observing for a little while and seeing who's interested in what and who knows whom, then you can start approaching the people who are interested in the same things that you are. And Kelsey, I think some of the advice I give to people in general for munches and things of that nature for new people would also very much apply here. I'm making the assumption that that you're not obviously you're not a new person because you said you were part of the community and everything else. But when if you find munches in your local area or events or whatever it might be, the first thing I usually recommend is message the group organizer. And this isn't necessarily to get to know them, it's just to know someone at the event. Just hi, I'm Kelsey. I'll be there at your event. Great. Good to meet you. So then when you walk up, when you attend the event, you can find that organizer and be like, hi, I'm Kelsey. I messaged you on FetLife or whatever it might be. Oh, hi. How's it going? At least you've got a somebody there that you know. And my second piece of advice is to whatever the time that it starts, show up 10 minutes early. And the reason for that, and I think I've said this in a number of other answers as well, is because if you show up early, Everybody comes in and sits around you and comes to talk, talk, and they introduce themselves to you. The regulars do anyway. Versus if you show up late, you're trying to break into groups that have already established. So you get involved in the conversation early. You get to talking to people, and it's just a lot easier. And you don't have to do it every time. Just maybe the first two times, show up 10 minutes early. And after that, everybody knows you. And you can walk in, and it'll be like Norm from Cheers. You know, you walk into the, into the, uh, into the munch, and they're like, Kelsey, hi. <laughs> 
and and that's it. And instead of being the the awkward one on the perimeter who doesn't know anyone, you're the center of attention for the first two, and then everybody knows you after that. One thing that I'll add to that is that when you're messaging the group organizer, it can be helpful to mention some of your interests, either in kink or just in normal life, so that they can introduce you to people who might share that interest, and then you have something to talk about with them. For sure. And if you tell the the organizer what you're into, they may even be able to point you at people in that group that may know something or share that passion so that you've already got a common thing right then and there. Like, hey, this is our rope guy. Like, oh, yeah, I'll talk to that rope guy. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So these are just some of my basic intro things. The other thing I would say is obviously right now it's a little harder, but as soon as you possibly can, uh, especially if you have local, well, you have clubs in your area. I've been to some of them in Texas. Walk up to those leaders, the people who run those events, and basically say, how can I help? What can I do? And this has two things. One, it shows that you're a dedicated person that you want to volunteer. And two, by getting that experience, you get exposure in that community as a volunteer. And I will tell you from being a leader and an organizer myself, if people walk up to me and say, how can I help? I go, oh, dear God, here, take this, take this. <laughs> like, I've got so much on my plate that I, I would love it if somebody else could take care of this for me. And it really helps. Yeah, there's always something that needs done. And it really does establish you in a way that makes you appear and seem to be a person worth knowing. And finally, if you are expert or skilled in anything in particular as, well, as far as kink goes, look in your local community and look for places that are seeking people to present or teach. And those uh, reach out to those individuals, let them know that you'd love to teach a class for them. And this will basically expose you to the wider community. They'll see you as, oh, wow, this is this is Kelsey. She came from California. And Oh, but now she's here. Great. You know, now we can learn. We, you know, thanks for, thanks for sharing. And it, you become an instant part of the community if you have those skills. Obviously, if you're not an expert in something and, and you, you don't feel comfortable presenting, that's perfectly fine. That's just another method that you can use to break into the community. Well, my listeners, we are coming to the end of another show. And I do want to announce that, yes, Ritzy and Alpine Links will be back. Uh, As I've said in previous shows, it it can just be tricky to schedule with COVID and everything else. We're actually planning a show where it's just going to be Ritzy and Alpine Links, and I just get to not be on the show for once. That's going to be interesting (laughs) since I've been on every show since we started. (laughs) So it's going to be fun. I'm going to be sitting in the background going, twitching, you know, just going to be, it's going to be awful. Sounds like a good time. Oh, it's going to be torture. Plus, then I got to do the editing. <laughs> I don't even get the, the pleasure of doing the show. I get to, I just get to edit. What fun. <laughs> um, so, Yilva, I really appreciate you being here. And it was wonderful that you could help us and, and talk to some of our listeners and answer their questions. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And as always, stay kinky, my friends. Check us out on the web, the web. at kinkinthechain.com. Follow us on Twitter at Kink Chain Show. We don't bite unless you ask nice.
Have feedback or want to submit a question for a future show? Send your emails to podcast at kinkinthechain.com.